Welcome to another episode of Gates Evan International. Preview for the Apollon game tomorrow. It's crunch time, ladies and gentlemen. This is the game. This is the one. It's all or nothing tomorrow in terms of Europa League football. I'm Costa Levoyanis, your co-host. I'm joined with Costadinos Lianos. How are you doing, Costa? I'm great. I'm always great when I'm on the show. How are you, Costa? Anxious. Anxious about Anxious. tomorrow, but I have a good uh, kind of sense of optimism as well going into the game, I have to say. Lots to cover. Lots to cover. I'm not even going to say if it's a full sense of optimism, but for, but there, there are things to be optimistic about following the game against Bas as well. I know it's yeah, it's a league game. It was against Bazianana, but I think it was absolutely crucial for the team to get that win. And we'll get into that more later on in today's preview. But before we do that, a little bit of warm up to get the juices flowing. Check this video out right here. There you have Intense. it, ladies and gentlemen. Intense. There you go. Ladies and gents, that's the video that Olympiagos FC put out today. Get people warmed up for the game tomorrow. It's a clear call as we made last, was it already Sunday night after the buzz game, a warm galisma, a call to the fans cool. of Olympiagos to come to the stadium, to go to the stadium tomorrow fill it out. We heard last night already more than 20,000 booked their tickets for tomorrow's game. If you haven't bought your ticket already, guys, go and do it. Help give the team that extra push that it needs early on in the season. It's been complicated preseason so far. We've talked about it before. The team needs that extra push tomorrow. We've Finally got that first win under our belt against Bass. I think that was absolutely critical for Very the confidence cool. of the team, changing the mood in the dressing room. Anyone that's played football knows that everybody goes into training the next day with a completely different kind of uh, outlook and, and feeling. So I think that that was really key to get that win on Sunday. And um and yeah, here it is. Costa, what you got? Like, what are your thoughts going into the game tomorrow? Well, I mean, obviously, it's a huge game, very crucial. It's one thing to make it to the, con to the Europa League, another thing to make it to the Europa Conference League. Uh, Olympiacos have to win this. They need it to, for, in ter for terms of uh, mentality. They need it for confidence reasons. They need it for uh, financial reasons. They need it also for pride and, you know, Olympiacos, you know, have to be in the Europa League, worst case scenario. I mean, Olympiacos are not a conference 
team, in my opinion. Of course, though, uh, Corberan has had the uh, the time that he's had, very little of it. I doubt he's even had time to bring his things over to uh, Greece from Spain or England, wherever the hell he was before uh, joining Olympiacos. The team already looks better than was under Pedro Martins. It keeps improving. We're seeing in those two games against Slovan, we saw it against Apollon, we definitely saw it against Pasianina. We don't have the full squad details yet. All we know is that Juan Guimbom, the MVP of uh, the first leg, will be playing for Olympiacos, and sh- we can surely expect him to start. He was also part of the press conference, which usually indicates that uh, he's going to be a starter. Uh, so, yeah, just, you know, Olympiacos have to seal this win. Uh, there's going to be more transfers coming, and uh, the squad needs to uh, be produced, needs to be sealed, needs to be created, needs to be molded as soon as possible for the coming season, which will be tough. Absolutely. And we've said before that we think Carlos Corberan has already come in and done a pretty good job, like given the circumstances, an absolutely, well, almost impossible task he's been asked to do. But he's... He's cleared the first hurdle against Slovan Bratislava, let's not forget, in dramatic fashion, a game that Very went dramatic. to penalties. It to went the to bone. penalties. I, I, I want to forget about that game. I was a little bit traumatised, I have to say, towards the end. But uh, I um, I hope we can get a clean score tomorrow. If you look at at least our results this year, the only two games that we've won have been games where we've kept a clean sheet. That was against Alkmaar in a friendly at home, 1-0. And uh, the second victory, obviously, on, on, on the weekend, a first official victory of the season against Bazianina, again, keeping a clean sheet and the team only really receiving you know one shot on target in the 92nd, 93rd minute of the game after being 2-0 up. So, um, you know, the manager has always talked about having a good balance between attack and and defence. But today in his press conference, he obviously understands that to qualify for the group stages, we need a win. If you go to another draw, this is going to extra time and penalties again. And, uh, you know, he emphasised that we have to, we have to attack and we have to keep possession of the ball as long as we can so that we're not, in, situ- in situations when, when we're defending. So he emphasised those two points uh, emphatically, I would say, in today's press conference. They also asked him some questions about what he expects from the opposition. Does he expect a different approach? And he said that the the Apollon team is also a team that likes to try and dominate possession, try and control the game. And uh, we saw in the first game in Cyprus, the first 25 minutes, they, I think they did a fairly decent job of, you know, controlling uh, the tempo. They had more of the ball and and it took that kind of goal to wake us up and then Imbom Huang to get the equaliser. And then I felt that from that moment on until the moment Imbom came off in the 65th, 67th minute, we, we controlled that game entirely. And then, you know, he comes off. And then we kind of go back into that mode where we can't really get the ball up the field and we're, yeah. we're constantly defending and kind of hoofing it up. But um, they also asked uh, Juan in Bom today if he's 100%. And after the game last week, he said, no, I'm not. Slowly but surely getting there, also getting to know the players more, uh, understanding the philosophy of the coach and how the team plays. 
all those things, but you do hope that he has more, a bit more juice in the batteries for for tomorrow, and uh, we want to see as much of him on the on the pitch tomorrow as well. I think he's only been here; it feels like less than a week. I want to say it's ten days. I don't know how long, but the guys had an an immense impact. Like, did you did you expect that? I know you watched the deep dives that we did on 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 Huang and we had we had some idea but but did it did it surprise you more it did surprise me more i knew olympiacos were dealing with a baller uh, when uh, huang Bomb joined uh, i didn't expect that kind of impact obviously it's all about consistency but i think that olympiacos have a really good player really good midfielder uh, a midfield that could probably also may help other talented midfielders like Pierre Kunde, Agibu Kamara, Yanem Villa, uh, Gel. I'm hearing there might be another midfielder coming in, a defensive one, because the only defensive midfielder Olympiacos have right now is M. Villa. So there could be another six coming in. But definitely, Juan Gimbom, a huge addition, major player, a box to box midfielder. I cannot remember the last time Olympiacos had a box to box midfielder. And obviously, anyone who had a go at the Huang's heritage, uh, anyone who's, who's uh, treated him in, a, in racist fashion, um, their mother failed them. There's been a few. There's been a few. I don't. I don't give. I don't. I. I don't care about that. But yeah. there's been a few, and uh, you know, yeah, shame on them. Uh, footballer proves himself on on the pitch from what he's done. What he does at present is not not going to judge a footballer or anyone based on where he comes from that's ridiculous exactly and exactly. I, I know i know what you mean because the transfer was initially greeted with some skepticism i would say is the lightest word but some people were straight up like oh what do koreans know about football which is absolutely ridiculous if you if you look back i remember when they they hosted the world cup was it with japan back in 2002 2000, 2002 like you under gus hitting you can see that things were happening um over over in asia and and by the way you know there's another south korean coming in so there's going to be two south koreans in our team very soon we're not going to talk about that now i think it's the perfect opportunity now costa to talk about predicted lineups mm -hmm. for tomorrow's game how how we think olibiakos could line up tomorrow now this is pretty much a copy paste of what i what i predicted last week and I think, I think I was right, hundred percent last week on on this one. So you've got, I mean, obviously Vachlik and goal. I think Cisse and Bar partnership is going to continue at the back. Corberan likes that partnership, and he's getting a lot out of them, like Pedro Martins used to get uh, to you two to three years ago. Yeah, that, but even under Pedro Martins, these two seemed to play whenever there was an injury, like when Semedo was out. Um, yeah. Semedo was the one, yeah, for yeah. Martins. And those two played, but they played really well. They played really well at the Emirates and yeah. against Wolves. Exactly. And, you know, we've said it before, they have very good chemistry on and off the pitch. So I expect those two will start again tomorrow. I hope and I touch wood, knock on wood next to you guys, that these two can, can keep it together in terms of concentration. I think if these two players can keep levels of concentration very, very high, 
then we have good chances also of keeping that that clean sheet tomorrow. They're both very, um, very competent centre-backs. They just have issues when it comes to concentration. Bar more recently has actually been better than Cissé. Normally, it's the other way around, I would say. But but okay, I think those two and Avila, Rabchuk, like we saw, and then Pierre Kunde didn't play a minute against Baziana now. So indication right there. Exactly. So I think I think we will see Kunde tomorrow. Having said that, Zinkanagu didn't play a minute either. Yeah. On uh, on Sunday against Baziana. So I think I think this is kind of the the balanced predicted lineup in terms of what we might see tomorrow. Obviously, you've, you've got Jan and Bilal playing that critical role at the six bringing the ball out of defence and getting things started. And then Juan Imbom in the middle, coming, looking for the ball, looking to make things happen. Yorgos Masuras looking to make those diagonal runs. I don't know if if we go with this formation, whether Masuras will start on the right or on the left. We've seen Zinkanagu starting on the left more, even though Masuras' more effective position is on the left and Zinkanagu seems to be on the right. We, for some reason, since the beginning of the preseason, we've seen Zink on the left and Masuras on the right. And then you've got Youssef El Arabi and no other options, basically. Uh, he played, he played 35, I want 35 minutes on the weekend. So he's got to start tomorrow, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Conrad is another uh, factor in this whole thing, but he played against Basian and he played a lot. Yeah, and he hasn't played football professionally. I mean, he was injured for a long time. I think he hadn't played for for a while for Marseille, so he's not fully fit. And just because you mention it, there is another possibility tomorrow, and this is way more attacking, a way more attacking formation. Um, Lazar Ajelovic, for all his faults, and I know he has some fans and quite a lot of people that... <sighs> They're getting worried now because Lazar seems to be getting, you know, some praise in the press and from the manager that we might end up with Lazar as our starting winger. I don't think that's going to happen, guys. But um, he got a goal against Yanana on the weekend. He's involved in some key moments of build-up. He's involved in the build-up to the first goal with a through ball to Avila before the cross that led to the Valbuena header and 1-0. He obviously scores the second goal. And I know he frustrates the hell out of me when he gets the ball on the right-hand side and he dribbles into people. He tries to knock the ball past opponents and then, you know, loses possession. Frustrates me too, guys. But there's one thing about Lazar is that he offers you width and and running, like somebody that will run um, during the game. And you see this formation here. Basically, Kunde isn't there. Zinkanagel's at the 10. And you've got both Masuras and Eljelovic on the wings in a more traditional 4-2-3-1 formation. So that's just to to mix it up a little bit. Zinkernagel you mentioned that Fuente, Yeah. Say again. Zinkernagel is in his natural position. This one, as for Lazar Adzelovic, yeah, I agree. I don't think he's going to be the starting winger for the season because Olympiacos are looking for another one right now. So uh, it'll be it's, it's highly doubtful. Plus, they really like Gary Rodriguez. Uh, so when he comes back from his injury, when he's fit enough, it's going to be very interesting to see how he comes into the team. Yep. Gary Rodriguez has been back in training this week. Mm-hmm. Now, the moment we're recording this episode, there hasn't been an official announcement about the team 
that uh, this, or the, sorry, the squad list for tomorrow. So there is a possibility that Gaia Rodriguez will be on the bench. Mathieu Valbuena, I expect, will start on the bench because he played 90 minutes on the weekend. And, and then there's also... Um, who am I missing as a potential X factor coming off the bench? So you've got Valbuena de la Fuente. De la Fuente will be on the bench. Um, I was, I mean, it's a, a very, a, very early days, but you saw what he can do with the ball. He can take a player on. He's got pace. So you've got a couple of players that can that can come off the bench. If you've got Gary Rodriguez as well, and if you've got uh, Matteo Valbuena in, in the form that he looks to be in after that game that he had on the weekend, can be it can be quite important in tomorrow's game as well, whether it's a set piece or, or anything. I mean, the, the level between Greek football and Cypriot football is not that, not that different. So I think mm -hmm. it's a game where he can have an impact. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's uh, it. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it is a huge game. Olympiacos have the quality to make it through. Uh, they need to be careful. Do not underestimate Apollon. Uh, Apollo gave them many reasons to uh, to fret in the first uh, in the first game, and most importantly, Olympiacos need to take their chances. Yusef El Arabi missed some huge opportunities to put Olympiacos ahead and make it make the uh, make the return leg uh, quite easier. But you know that was then. This is now very important to take their chances, Olympiacos, and very important to have their people, to have the fans around, because Olympiacos without the fans is nothing. Like I did say last week, every time a Greek team draws an English team in Europe, the English always talk about the, 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 the home advantage Greek teams have. They expect hell. They expect a very intimidating setup. They are not used to those kind of setups. So that's what they, they're always, they always fret. If that doesn't exist, if that doesn't exist in Greece during that match, then their, their confidence uh, is raised. That, that, go, that doesn't go just for the English. It goes for everyone. The Cypriots know about the uh, difficult, uh, difficult stadiums, but still, Olympiacos always need their people, always need their fans. That's it. And again, guys, if you haven't bought your ticket as yet and you're watching this, go and buy your ticket, go to the game tomorrow, support the team, fill the stadium. Club needs what well, the team needs the support right now and then after tomorrow's game we expect everything that needs to happen to make sure that this team is competitive that it happens we already have a new striker coming in Wijo Huang there's uh Panagiotis Retos is apparently on the way back a lot of things happening and there will be a week uh it's going to be a crazy week until the end of of August don't forget that the transfer window shuts on the 15th of September, but but the UEFA list needs to be sent to UEFA by the 2nd of September. So we need to make those signings, the important signings, before the 2nd of September. So again, um, massive... Like we said, they are expecting to see what happens with Olympiacos, where, they, where he ends up, where they end up, either Europa League sure. or Conference. Sure, it's a different proposition when you're trying to attract a player. There's no, there's no Plus kind the financial of financial aspect. The, yes, correct. Different money in the Europa League, different money in the Conference League, and different prestige. Um, I think now, okay. Before before we talk about transfers, let, let's wrap this up. You got a match prediction for tomorrow, Costa? What's your 
What's your gut telling you? Like, what's your because because people love it. People love it. They want to hear match prediction. They want to. They want to hear what we have to say. I always hate that. I mean, God damn it! We'll only be across. We'll only be across. Uh, put together another dramatic uh, qualification, or maybe another uh, another tearjerker. I don't know. I mean, my. My gut, my brain says Olympiacos win, but my gut, well, it's still still not fully convinced. You know what? Olympiacos are going to win, but I don't think it's going to be a clean victory. I think it's going to it's going to take a little doing. I can see a goal with uh, sorry, a goal. I can see a lot of a lot of goals tomorrow. So if I was a betting man, I would say it's going to be an over game. Either two one or three one correct score. If you play, if you play multiple scores, two one three one, home team. That's probably what I'll be playing. Uh, obviously, like I, I play. It's hard to like be a betting man when it comes to your team because like it's all about heart. Like I want to be optimistic, and I am generally optimistic going into tomorrow's game. So yeah, I think there's goals in tomorrow's game. I think first goals, first goals, massive. Uh, obviously. And I have to say that last week when they scored the first goal, my reaction was, oh God, here we go again. Yep. And that's what you don't want the players to think when the first goal, I mean, it went against them last week with that ricochet and that bad pass that Kunde played into Envila, the shot from distance, the ricochet off Cissé's foot, and then just, you know, tapped into the, into the corner. But we came back and I think there are I think there are characters in this team that are that are waking up, that are uh, even what you know um, how to say, waking up to this new philosophy that the, the new coach is trying to bring into the team. There is an awakening. I want to say there's an awakening in the team. There's something different. It's oozing second chances as well. There's second chance, and there is this feeling of yes. second chances. Yes, absolutely right. And, and you see that with, um, I mean, not only a player like like Lazar Radjelovic, you saw it with with Kutriz the other day. The manager is is trying to win over the players and and, and giving giving opportunities. I think that's very a very good um, a very good indication you made there, Costa. So match predictions, guys. Like there you have it. Like we're both saying wins tomorrow. If you're a betting man at this point, I would also just like to remind you. Uh, about our sponsors, BetUS. If you're a betting man, head over to betus.com.pa. You can make a deposit and using the code GATE7INTL, you can get 125% boost on your deposit. Go and check out the ratings at betus.com.pa. Use the code and you can maybe make a bit of money. So now that... That's over. Guys, leave your thoughts in the comments as well in terms of match prediction. What do you guys think is going to happen on the day against Apollon? Any other thoughts going into the game? There will be another vlog coming as well from the Apollon game. If you guys didn't see already the vlog from the game against Bass, it's on our website, or on our YouTube channel, so you can go and check out that vlog. More vlogs coming. Labros Sirmos is going to be in the house tomorrow. Send some messages on socials. Labros is going to be around. You can go try and find him outside the stadium. Marshall from France, or Biakos France, is going to be outside the stadium as well. Uh, try and get Labros to do a rant on your phones when you see him. 
trying to get tell him what a great player Henry Onyekuru was, how underrated and underappreciated he was. I dare you, do it. You know, funnily enough, I think he had a soft spot for for Henry, but but I won't speak for him on. on I love it because like you're starting this, you're giving them a very good a very good icebreaker right there. Please say that when you see him. I wouldn't dream of it. I wouldn't dream of it. All right, guys, because we're Olympiacos fans as well, and because we just love transfer news, like we're going to do like very, very short segment transfer update team news as well. So we mentioned already Weijo Huang, South Korean international, coming from, well, coming from Bordeaux. So he's, he's going to be signing a three-year contract with Nottingham Forest, and he will be loaned to us from Nottingham Forest. We did break this story 11 days ago. We said that this was a done deal following the initial reports from Footy Insider. There was It was Footy Insider that came out with this first. We then spoke to our sources. They told us that the deal between Nottingham Forest and Bordeaux was a done deal, like four to five million euros. I think Romano was saying five million euros today. Um, we did say on our Instagram post, pending agreement of the player that was an issue at the time so now it seems that this has happened the reports are also that in bomb huang has also played an important role in convincing him to come over yeah, even did, even paulo bento as well who's manager of the the south korean national team former manager of olympiacos as well so I, i'm i'm quite excited i have to say like i think this guy is coming in obviously to be the number one the number one striker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've said our opinion about El Arabi and whether or not we should have paid him two million. There is one thing I will say, and I'll differentiate or, or possibly expand on this discussion, is that if you look at all the other teams in the Super League, they cannot boast the attacking firepower that Olympiacos has with these two strikers. And Abubakar Kamara, bravo. And Ahmed Kassan, if he doesn't leave. Apparently there's interest uh, from overseas. But yeah, I mean, Jesus, Jesus Christ, no excuse. I, I think, realistically speaking, Hassan is going to leave. And our front three, our three attacking options for striker will be Wijo Juan, Youssef El Arabi, and Abu Bakar Kamara. Yep. And I don't, there, there's no other Super League side. There's no other Super League side that can boast that. And it's, it's goals that win you games. And it's goals and, that win you championships. Yes, defence as well, but literally, you, you look at Ike, you look at uh, Balk, you look at Panathinaikos, if their main strikers get injured, who's going to get goals for them? No, absolutely. I mean, obviously, though, Libyakos is an addition for Yo Huang ahead of, uh, after signing with Nottingham. They want to see, Steve Cooper wants to see how he how he does there, because uh, Nottingham are pretty full in attack. I mean, they got Taiwo Awoni, Sam Surridge. Uh, Brennan Johnson is there. Emmanuel Dennis has joined. Yes. I mean, that is they're they're full. They're basically full in attack. So this is his audition. So we uh, Juan Guillo has every reason to rack up the goals. Eleven goals in thirty six appearances, if I'm not mistaken, with Bordeaux. That's a pretty good stat. Yeah. So he has every reason to succeed this season at Olympiacos. A team that got relegated, by the way, in a league where it's difficult to score goals. It's not the Dutch league and it's not the German league where they play a bit more open. Like the French league is is a very tough league, and he's scoring eleven goals for a team that got relegated is yep. not negligible, not to be ignored. Um, I, I, I have to say, I, I have not, 
I have never seen the guy play a 90 minute game. I'm not going to pretend like, like I know him. Ari, where's the deep dive <laughs> at this moment? He's in Kalimnos right now. He said he's going to try. I hear the, I hear the his internet is not very, very he's good. Gonna but he's going to do it. going to try. Yeah, he's going to do it. He is going to do it. I know he's, he's already working through. on it. He always comes through at Ari's. He is already working on it. I can confirm. I can confirm Ari is already looking at the data, watching film. And you, you can see even from some YouTube highlights. I mean, the guy's got something that we don't have. Yep. Pace, ability to run at people. I think he can also play on the wings. Not ideal, but like he has the pace and, and the ability to do that if called upon. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Even if it's a one-year loan, um, I think it's important that we signed a striker. Not just because Tiquinho left, but I think we needed to mix it up a little bit up front. We needed a striker with some different characteristics. What else have we got in terms of transfers? Banos and Josef Larabi has a lot to prove uh, to, to more, uh, against Apollonas because he yeah. missed some huge chances and he wants to prove that he's still that killer. And yeah, as you say about transfers, Olympiacos are looking for a centre-back because... I mean, someone is leaving. I think someone's going to... I mean, Papea Busise is definitely leaving. Socrates Papastathopoulos has been left off the uh, UEFA list. So that could be an indication he's going. Costas Manolas, the whole rumors about him being rumor about, about being linked with the Middle Eastern team, apparently it's not true, according to my sources. So, yeah, I mean, Papea Busise, in my opinion, he's leaving. So Papastathopoulos is probably leaving. And Drezos apparently is on his way back from Elas Verona. Yeah, so at least the, the Greek reports and what we've heard are that Socrates has a, a quad injury. Mm -hmm. He's been out with a quad injury. Otherwise, Manolas, the latest reports are that he's he's been made an offer, like a big offer. From, Apparently uh, that's not true, is what I know. Right, so... That's what I know. So con conflicting reports there. Cissé... Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. We haven't. It, it's been one of those where there was activity or talk at the beginning of the summer, Premier League sides, maybe French sides, but it the, it seems to have gone quiet there. Madika Mara is another one that today we've heard reports about Leicester City, Newcastle, Leicester City are in negotiations with Chelsea about Fofana. I think they made like a 73 million bid, 73 million euro bid to Leicester that was rejected. But you can see that one. It was the third. It was the third bid. The Chelsea bid. made a third bid for Wesley Fofana. It was rejected, and uh, there is a good chance that Chelsea might might leave it and look at other uh, and look at other options because they need reinforcement. Like yesterday, and we saw that against Leeds. It is very important. But then again, it's, if Leicester keep Fofana, it's going to be interesting how Brendan Rodgers is going to bring him back because he left him off the he left him off the team. Uh, as for Madika Mara, yes, Le Leicester are desperate for transfers. They've only done one transfer, and it's a goalkeeper after losing Kasper Schmeichel to Nice, if I remember correctly. Yep. Uh, so they're desperate for transfers right now. Newcastle, a whole different animal because they're focusing on bringing a striker. They're not that fast about a midfielder anymore. And I'd be very surprised if a team like Newcastle, like a sleeping slash sort of... Uh, I'm going to call them the snoozing giant right now because they're not sleeping anymore. They are awakening and we're, we saw that against man city i'd be surprised if they went for a player like madika mara who's had some very very difficult 13 months you know i don't know what do you think oh i'll believe it when i see it costa we've heard yeah. a lot of talk before about madika mara as well just like we heard talk about madi uh Papi Cisse. so if we don't receive mm -hmm. a bid then 
then it's it's nothing. But I mean, he changed agents during the season last season, and there was a lot of this is a, an agency that works a lot with with uh, England Premier League sides. So I mean, the, the, the guy's been there for a long time, and uh, as much as I enjoyed him the first two seasons, two and a half seasons, it's it's good for him if he goes, and it's good for us as well. We make some money, and he goes somewhere, and and I think it's the the best solution. I think it will be complicated if he if he sticks around, and and we start to have a lot of players that play in that position in midfield at the eight. You got uh, Inbom. Yeah. Agibu Kamara, uh, Madi Kunde. There's a lot of too many players in that position, and right now he looks like he's quite far down the pecking order for the eight position. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's off the he's off the list as well. And plus, Olympiacos don't really sell until they uh, they sort out their European future. So I I, I do predict we're going to have some uh, immense development regarding Madi Kamara and Pape Abusi's future at Olympiacos. Olympiacos always hold on to their key players until their European future is sorted. Let's see. Let's see. Still one still game players. left. One game left. Yeah, let's see. There's still players that we need to we need to get out as well. Still players that are sitting mm-hmm. well training at ready by themselves or there is a Yanis Masuras. I wonder if there is a change in, in the thinking about Yanis Masuras because Sima Vasalko has come in and he's been injured for a month. He's played one and a half games, one and a half official games against Maccabi. He's not in contention for tomorrow. He still he tried to start training this week with Abu Bakar Kamara. Apparently, they had they both had lapses and they're both going to be out a little bit a little bit longer. So that leaves just Avila and Andruzos, who and the manager doesn't fancy him. There are reports again that you know he's out and he's going to leave. Dare I do this on this show? There are reports already about Costas Fortunis and that he was gonna he's gonna start training with the team again on Monday. Mm-hmm. The reports are saying that if there is not a bid for him by next Monday he'll resume training. Honestly, does anybody expect a bid to come in by Monday? No, no, no. there's a there's like a 90% chance there's gonna be no bid for Costas Fortunis. Nothing serious at least. Uh, we heard about him wanting to go to. Uh, we heard about uh, Apoel's interest, but Costas Fortunis is not interested in going to Cyprus. He's not interested in going to Saudi Arabia. So the indications show he's uh, he might stay. His contract is up next year, June to 2023. I think the likelihood there is that they're probably open discussions about a new contract. I think it's obviously a sensitive point that he's earning the, the money that he's earning this year, 1.7 million euro. Uh, given the, the the club's financial situation as well, not having qualified for Champions League, etc., I think possibly there's a conversation going on there. But uh, I think you know Costa has a lot to prove. If this does happen, I hope that gives him motivation. We know there's a lot of love for him uh, at the club, obviously. And hello, hello, surprise, surprise. Can you guys uh, hear me? Look right who got tired of family hall of his family right hall. Aris Bulubas is from Kalimnos. Going from on, Kalimnos. Man? There's no lights on. We just got Wi-Fi back. It's lovely. I love rolling blackouts, boys and girls. It's amazing. <laughs> well, that's uh, wait until winter, my friend. Oh, I won't be here. <laughs> oh, oh, you're not going to be on planet Earth. You're not going to be on planet Earth. Ari. What's, What's your? Uh, we're we're pretty much at the end, man. But like, since you're here, 
what's your match prediction for tomorrow? Oh, I'm bold, baby. I got 3-1. 3-1, Libyakos. 3-1? 3-1. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I've been... I've been scared, but the data has been good. Every match has been a little bit better. The XG has been higher. The open play has been better. Uh, you guys saw the stats we put out on the podcast page uh, with regards to how the open play attacks have been changing. Right so on the left side, it was garbage for the three ga- the first three games of Corberon. Against Yanina, now I know it's in Greece. I know it's against a team that's not at the same level of competition. But we had more attacks on the left side in one game than we did in all the three games combined. So very efficient from the left. Hopefully, maybe that's a sign, you know, maybe Kutris is the guy going forward. Oleg is the more conservative option to have. I think things are getting better and better, and I think we're going to see better and maybe not hit as many posts against Apollon. I think it's going to be a much better game and a much bigger win. There you go. You were pretty pretty close with me there. I said that the game would be over, like a over game. It's going to yeah. be at least three goals, whether it's 2-1 or 3-1 or something. Olympiacos win. I'm the pessimist yeah. of the group again. No, you're just you're just a little bit more reserved, Costa. Fair enough. That's a nice word. As for the trend... You're not as bad as Lombro. Guys... Lombro's a real pessimist. He's the real pessimist. <laughs> really? Uh, we're talking about slow? Lombro when he's not around. Uh, before we ask... Sorry? I think that's all we've got time for today, man. Uh, uh, just a very quick this. one. Yeah. Um, the info I have is that Olympiacos are also looking for a winger. They're looking for a centre back, which is almost definitely going to be. Uh, it's, it's highly likely going to be Rechos, and a uh, full back. You mentioned about the right back situation. I don't know if it's yeah. a right back or a left back because there are quite a few choices. Uh, Leitner and uh, and uh, Kitsos played for the B team today against Kifisian, the two-two draw at the Reddy. Uh, so, but apparently there, there there is this um, the sentiment that they want to bring another fullback. I'm not sure if it's for the right or the left. And there's um, apparently there's they're keen to bring a number six as well because Mvila is the only defensive midfielder Olympiacos have now. Yeah, unless you consider Andreas Buchalakis as as an option there in the Greek league. Yeah, in in the Greek league maybe, but in Europe, I, yeah. I personally no. I I've as as much respect as I I have just. No, please no. No more Bukalagis at the six, particularly in European games. You saw him do some of those things already against Bas, where he kind of passes the ball back but doesn't hit the ball hard enough, and then it goes to an opponent, and you're just like, oh no, not again. So or just holds it too long. He just there are times where the pass is there and he just waits and he hesitates and he takes two or three steps. We saw it clearly in the stadium. I mean, the poor guy was getting booed right away. All it took was his, I think, second or third touch on the ball. And he received it, and he had um, was it Avila, I think. Avila was just waiting, and he just sat there and stared at him for like three seconds. Come on, man. You have to let that go faster. It's a confidence thing, though. We've said it so many times before, Ari. He's a confidence player yep. as well. And um, as you say in Greek, that's it. Like It's really hard to, to come out of that. But but mm-hmm. okay, uh, my from what I hear, we're looking for a player that can play on the left and on the right, ideally, at the back. That's uh, not very easy to find, but Panos Oretzos can do that. When he was playing in Italy, he played uh, he played left wing back the other day for for Verona in his last he can game. Play, yeah, he can play as a fullback. He is quite um, he's versatile. He's quite, uh, versatile, and that's what Olympiacos are looking. They're looking for a fullback that can play both sides. Uh, I'm sorry, I just rem- I just remembered that. So yeah, that's what I read. 
Yeah, if yeah, he can stay on the pitch. He has to he has to be able to get on the pitch though. That's 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 the caveat here. Yeah, yeah, how, how much, yeah. how much time thing. has he played in the last three years? Pretty sure it's under a thousand minutes. That's yeah, I don't know. That's, I don't know. Maybe Gary I don't Rod, know if, Gary Rodriguez in the back, baby. If only we had someone to do a deep dive. Oh come on. <laughs> that's gonna be a challenging one, man. That's gonna be a challenging one to look at what he's done since he's left, but but no doubt is a player that I, I really liked when he broke through. Um, yeah. I, 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 have, I have to say, like, from the first two games, I think I watched him, I thought, yeah, this guy's a player. And then literally, like, we saw him for less than six months and we sold him for 17 million. But, but anyway, let's see when that's announced. Yes, we are looking for a winger. We all know that. Um, let's see. First, before we get to that, guys, tomorrow's game, again... Big, big game will have consequences on transfer strategy. As we said, I think that's all we've got time for today, guys. Hit the like button if you haven't done so already, if you like what you heard today. If you're listening on audio, leave us a review on the podcast platform. Leave a comment on YouTube, on whatever platform you're listening from. Hit the subscribe button. We're very close to 2,000 subscribers. When we do get to 2,000 subscribers, there will be a special giveaway coming as well. Help us to keep growing this community. That's it, guys. That's it. All we've got left is the game tomorrow. Counting down over the hours. Over to the players. Yeah, over to the players now, and uh, we'll be back for post-match tomorrow. Until then, this is Gate 7 International by the fans, all the fans. See you next time. Oh, Let's go.